0: We meet today in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to verse 24. We are still in this wonderful chapter. Today we are looking at Paul's apostolic credentials, and he actually explains them. We have now come to a new section, and this one deals with Paul personally. His experience in Arabia, his experience with the apostles in Jerusalem, and his experience in Antioch with Peter. Actually, this discussion will take us through the first half of chapter 2, but we still have it here in chapter 1. Having clearly pointed out the uniqueness of the gospel in the previous passage of study, Paul turned attention to his authority as an apostle. Why should Paul do this? What is happening? Well, is Paul excused for boasting like this? By the way, the Judaizers were attacking his apostleship. They were discrediting what he was doing, saying that what he claims to be saying is actually irrelevant. Of course, they were preferring that the people would listen to what they were telling them. Why should the Galatians listen to Paul instead of the Judaizers? Now Paul speaks. He answered this implicit question by finishing his credentials. He declares that he has had his authority and instructions from Christ and shows what his conduct had been before his conversion and what it was afterwards. And of course earlier on even in his own introductory greeting He points out that he is an apostle by the will of God Not of men, not even through men. So that was very important for Paul to first of all set the stage And even giving his identity Who is he? But as Paul would go on, he would talk of The kind of life that he lived before he came to know the Lord and now that he is a changed man. Also, the Bible offers many examples of people who struggled as they tried to live for God. Their stories are meant to encourage us. But sometimes, comparing ourselves to the heroes of the faith only intimidates us. Paul, for instance, was a learned scholar. A fervent evangelist, a compassionate pastor, a competent businessman, and even a diplomatic statesman. So when he tells us to follow his example as he follows Christ's example, it sounds a bit unrealistic. How could we ever emulate such a super saint like Paul? Well... The answer comes from understanding that Paul didn't start out as a super saint. Nor did he end up that way? Oh, he didn't start as a super saint. He didn't even end up as a super saint. In fact, he never saw himself that way. On the contrary, he grew in faith with some difficulty. It appears as if Paul was perhaps more average than we often think of him. Paul was as human as any of us. Now his life challenges us to ask whether we are growing, struggling, and changing as he did. If so, then there is hope for us. My friend, I don't want you to miss that point. As we hear Paul speaking his own very heart, speaking his experiences, that ought to challenge us. That ought to challenge you to see if you are growing, struggling, and then are you also changing? As Paul struggled with the issues of life, as he struggled to stand for the faith, the result of it was it made him grow stronger. He grew and His life changed, by the way. God will never waste any tribulation. God will never waste any adverse conditions or adverse situations that any of his child may go through. And that is the good hope we have. Whatever Paul went through, whatever difficulties, whatever challenges he went through, God meant them for the good. And now even Paul is using his experience to write so that he can challenge the Christians in the churches in Galatia to follow his life, to follow his example. When he speaks of situations, when he speaks of persecution, when he speaks of keeping the law, he had struggled, he had grappled with those Issues. Paul, an ordinary person like he was, a human being like all of us, made a difference for Christ. You and I can make a difference as we learn from him. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 and verse 12 But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from men, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. There goes Paul. He is now putting his stamp or seal of apostleship down there. He insists that his gospel was not from men. The apostles or any other human being did not teach the gospel to Paul prior to his conversion. Paul had received the best theological education available in his day. We learn from extra-biblical literature that he had learned under the feet of the teacher Gamaliel. However, the gospel came to him directly from God. Gamaliel had not taught him the gospel. The schools of the Pharisees had not taught him the gospel. Whatever his parentage had put into him did not teach him the gospel. Jesus Christ himself taught him the gospel and gave it to him directly. For remember, then when he was on his way to Damascus, wanting to persecute the church, God struck him off the horse there with lightning and immediately he turned around and he is asking the question who are you lord what would you have me to do now he is changed and jesus christ commissioned him there and then we read of his conversion in acts chapter 9 verse 1 all the way to verse 22 now subsequent to his conversion and baptism paul actually departed to Arabia. He departed to Arabia It was probably during this time That a Christological understanding of the Old Testament As well as the meaning of what had happened to him When he was confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus Was revealed to him God almost took him into a school of silence if you like That was a school for him God removed the veil from his eyes and revealed the certain truths to Paul directly. By the way, when he was struck with that lightning and he fell down, for three days he was blind until he was prayed for and something like scales of fish fell from his eyes. Why did that happen? I think there was a reason for that. God closed his eyes so that he would not continue to be looking at other people and everyone around him so that he is fault-finding and blaming others. Well, one wise old man says, One who is quick to blame is lame. And of course, when Paul was blaming others, he was lame. To blame is to be lame, and indeed it was in him. So what did God do? He closed his eyes, and for three days he was not looking at others, but looking at himself in his own heart, looking at his heart that needed change. Now, out of that he began to see God. Remember that even when Isaiah saw the Lord, the moment he saw the Lord, he also saw his sinfulness. And God began to reveal now to Paul, when he was looking into his own heart and he was seeing God, God revealed to him the gospel. You see, since this revelation proceeded directly from God, it was completely trustworthy. That's what Paul is saying. Since I received it from the Lord, I did not receive it from men. it is trustworthy. At least a portion of these truths which God revealed to Paul, had been preserved for the churches in his writings in the Bible. Although the personality of the apostle is certainly seen in his uh, 13 epistles, the message is infallible and inerrant because it is God's word. Indeed, anyone would wonder, how come Paul could write all the epistles, almost half of the New Testament? It was because God revealed to him the truth. That's why he wrote even confidently, because he saw it, he received it from Jesus Christ himself. Here is Galatians chapter 1, verse 13 to verse 17. For you have heard of my former conduct in Jerusalem how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with the flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. You see, to further support his apostolic claim, Paul showed how radically Christ had transformed him from a persecutor of the church to an apostle of the church. When he followed the Jewish religion, he was the most religious Jew of his day. There is also the word "for." For begins to confirm his assertion in verse 12 there. Assertion of receiving the gospel straight from God and not from man. And then you have neither before, in verse 14 and verse 13, nor after, You will even see that in verse 15 all the way to verse 23. Neither before nor after conversion did Paul obtain a knowledge of salvation from any human race. Prior to conversion, he was an enemy of the gospel, interested not in learning it but only in destroying it. Following his Damascus road conversion, Paul made no trip to Jerusalem where the apostles were, but spent approximately three years in Arabia. It is implied that he conferred with God there. During these three years, he was not taught by men. During the 14 years following his conversion, he was not with the apostles long enough to have been adequately instructed by them in the gospel. No, no. The point is that, he received the message of salvation from Christ and not from man. Now, since Paul's conversion to Christianity was due to God and not man, and since he did not consult with men subsequent to his conversion, then the apostle could not possibly have received the gospel from any but the Lord Jesus. To reveal his son, In me or to reveal his son to me That is the divine disclosure To men of the person And work of Christ And that is also the essence Of the gospel As Paul recounts the dramatic Confrontation with Christ On that road to Damascus And his subsequent conversion Imagine the emotional strain on him By the way at that time He was sore Jesus was alive What members of the way the early Christians had been saying about him was all true, and so had killed many of them. What a shattering experience for one advanced in Judaism and exceedingly zealous for the traditions of his fathers. It must have caused such a strain. You see, this is almost to say a bigot who turned out to be a follower of Jesus Christ. A bigot who made a U-turn, a turnabout. Perhaps that's why God made so blind for those three days I mentioned this very thing. You see, it is not easy for someone to suddenly revise the entire theological basis on which you have been living on, especially when you are a respected leader. No one wants to admit that he has been wrong. And no wonder, Saul spent so much time in prayer. It was God's way of making him make that U turn. But God not only intended to change Saul's theology, he also was determined to transform his bigoted view of the world. At the root of Saul's intense hatred of the Christian movement might well have been a belief that it would destroy Judaism by mixing it with foreign Gentile elements. Imagine Saul's shock then when Ananias came to tell him that God had chosen him to bear his name not to the Jews but to the Gentiles. Unthinkable. Jews like Saul, who were utterly committed to holy living by all the laws and the traditions of the Judaism, had nothing to do with the Gentiles. No wonder it took Saul years to reevaluate his perspective and to bring them in line with the heart of God for the world. But Paul's experience forces us to ask important questions. What attitudes of prejudice keep you from recognizing God's heart for the whole world? What attitudes of bigotry operate where you live or even where you work? Do you in any way challenge That kind of thinking, or do you just keep silent? Or worse, do you just go along with it or even promote it? Would God be able to use you to bear his name to people even from a different ethnic heritage as yours? This is a challenge to the church today, especially in the world which has become a global village. Galatians chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 19 Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter And remained with him fifteen days But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother Well, when Paul did first go to Jerusalem as a Christian The purpose of his visit was to see Peter And that was not to go and seek counsel. He wanted to see Peter. He wanted to get to know Peter. Paul's purpose then was to become acquainted with Peter, not to be instructed by him. You see, the verb to see means to get to know. Galatians chapter 1 verse 20 to verse 21. Galatians chapter 1 verse 20 to verse 24. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God I do not lie. Afterward I went into the region of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me my friend paul says that what i was i am saying what i am saying to you is the truth and this is important to see apparently paul spent about 14 years in the region of syria and cilicia during this period he preached the faith which he once tried to destroy because of his absence from jerusalem he was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ. Throughout this lengthy evangelistic activity in the north, Paul was too far removed from the apostles who were way down in Jerusalem to have received any instruction from them. Had he been a student of theirs at this time, he would have doubtlessly worked in and been personally known by the Judean churches. Thus These credentials clearly show that Paul's gospel was divine in its origin. He will again show that this same gospel is divine in its nature. And so this is the subject of our next study when we will be in chapter two of the book of Galatians. But the point has been laid. The point has been laid. I did not receive the gospel from men, not through men. Even when after I had become converted, Paul says, I was far removed from the apostles. I went into the Arabian desert, and even for the 14 years of my ministry, I did not spend a longer time with the apostles. He had even only seen Peter, to get to know him, not to be taught by him. The first credential has been given. He is an apostle, called by God. I want to challenge you, my friend. Do you know your place in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a child of God simply because someone told you you are? We read in God's word. But as for those who received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Children born not of the will of man, nor of the blood, but born of God. We only become children of God By God's declaration. And he is the one who gives us the right, the power, the exosia to become children of God. Not to be baptized by some apostle, to be baptized by some priest or by some pastor, or not to even be laid hands on by someone Your identity in Christ alone is more important than what men may accord or may even assign to you. Do you know for sure your place in Christ? By the way, our place in Christ, your place in Christ is guaranteed if you accept Him by faith. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. info at twrafrica.org.